Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 385. My name is Brando. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Max Cavalera. How are you, sir? Good. Good to be here. Um, good to be part of episode 385. That's a good number. I think so. Uh, Getting there. It is. It is. Man, it's killer. But at 300, that's that's amazing, man. Um, I'm I'm very happy to be talking to you today. Um, you know, just uh, getting ready to go on the road and just trying to, um, you know, get get people excited for for the tour for the upcoming projects and all that. But uh, yeah, man, good yeah. good to be here chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. And you're kind of you're giving me my segues uh, a bit because the 385 for one that kind of helps my OCD where it's kind of like an even ish number. It just I like the way 385 flows so that. In my head, it bothers me when I land on a six or a seven. That's a whole other uh, set of problems I have. But you're talking about being on the road because, yeah, it's, I've been doing this for a while. I've been doing radio in general for longer. I've been doing it for 20 years. But I haven't been on the road, so to speak, as long as you have. So as you're about to embark on this massive uh, tour across uh, America, including the borough right next to mine. I'm in Queens right now. You're going to be coming to Brooklyn. Right, yeah. What does going out on the road mean to you all these years later? I mean, you're a road you're a road warrior. Do you look forward to it? Is it a job at all at this point, or you know, is it your favorite part of what you do? Tell me about being on the road all these decades into your career. So yeah, I mean, some of my favorite memories in life were created on the road. You know, um, I mean, the road is is. Uh, it's a fantastic place where we, we as musicians, I think sometimes take for granted, but we have, we have this just awesome opportunity to see the world in a way that a lot of people don't see it. You know, um, you know, I've been to, you know, 85 countries and, um, you get to really experience, um, the, the culture, the vibe, the city, the people, the food, the the drinks, it's it's awesome. And and I'm I'm like like you say I'm a road dog, man. Like I'm born for this. Like in fact, I'm one of the few guys when I get back when I get out of tours when I get back home I have withdrawals. I wish I was still on tour. I'm like my body is hurting. I need to go on tour. What time is the show tonight? <laughs> My wife's like, we're not playing tonight. You're at home. You know, uh, I, I I really love it, man. I love the I I love the whole. Like I said, some of my, my best memories um, are from touring. You know, as we get old, as we get older, um, you know, I get to talk to my son. My son the other day was asking me about Dimebag. You know, like he's like, how's Dimebag? You know, because I know you tour with him. You know. And uh, I got to sit down with my son and have a, a good hour 
conversation with him about my my friend Dimebag, you know, and and it was like, you know, Dimebag was one of the it was one of the few guys uh, on tour that uh, that remember my birthday one time and gave me a pair of very new wave camouflage collar pants, um, you know. Was always trying to get me to do shots then in the morning and i'll be like hey, dime we gotta play tonight man you know <laughs> it doesn't matter let's do a shot you know <laughs> all right let's let's do a shot and uh those memories are are yeah they are in your brain for like forever you know and it's like i think that's to me the the coolest thing that i can take away from 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 all those tours uh, are these friendships that you create with other guys with other bands um and then you know you, you a, a lot of a lot of the soulfly fans are friends that we made on so a lot of times we go to cities we know exactly all right this guy's coming that guy's <laughs> coming and you know we we have nicknames for them and stuff like that uh, yeah i look forward to, to to the whole thing you know i i i love the, i love uh, fucking around in the tour bus with the guys watching the Eric Andre show, um, <laughs> you know, just being guys. It's a band thing. The whole band is on the front lounge. You know, I don't drink anymore. Uh, I've been either. straight, been straight edge now for fifteen years, but I still party with them. I, you know, sure. especially when one of one of them are getting fucked up. It's funny. <laughs> you know? Oh, that motherfucker is going down tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. You know, I love. I love. You know, we we prank some of them. You know, there was one uh, one roadie that hated pickles, so I put a bunch of pickles on uh, under his pillow, <laughs> and at night, you know, he he opened the curtain. There was pickles everywhere in his bunk. It's like, yep, I did that. Nice. <laughs> I'll be I'll be the prankster of that. I'll take full credit of that. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. Like we. We have a lot of the same crew guys, you know. I think my guitar crew, Kenny, has been with me now for twenty-five years, close to twenty-five. Beginning of Soulfly, um, we have the same sound man for about fifteen years, and then we also get to experiment with some new people. You know, we have a new guitar player, Mike DeLeon. Uh, I never toured with Mike, so I don't know. You know, like it's it's gonna be cool. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's a new guy and. Uh, uh, but it's like, it's super exciting that I get to do that with Soulfly. I get to introduce all these um, these amazing guitar players to the world. You know, I had the chance to to play with Dino Cazares, was an old friend of mine, and from mm-hmm. Peter I, I saw the, I saw the opportunity to do something with Dino. It's like let's do it. It's gonna be fun, you know. Um, and then this opportunity came with Mike DeLeon. He's mostly you know, does a lot of work with Phil and Illegos and, and Pantera. Yeah. So it was like, um, yeah, he's, he's a shredder. He's from Texas. He's a, <laughs> okay. I, I thought he, I thought he's, he's a Cowboys fan. I don't hold that against him. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I see the Giants fan. My, my grandkids are Giants fan. They're in the playoffs. So, I couldn't believe yes. I, I have to support. I have to, so let's I didn't, go. I didn't Let's think go. They would my, be. my, my lions got out my, you know, how the Lions you? got out, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I fully support New York now. Well, there's so much to unpack with what you said. First off, how are you a Lions fan? <laughs> That's like what everybody asks. Right. You know, so like in grocery store, people go, hey, what, what part of Detroit are you from? 
Like I'm from Brazil. Does man. that sound like <laughs> a Detroit accent? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm from Brazil. Got nothing to do with now. The 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 real story goes. I moved to Arizona, and everybody here is a Cardinals fan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be. A, I, I wanted like Cardinals to be my second team. I want to have my own team, you know. Okay. Um. So being a Leo, by birth, oh. I picked the Lions just because of the logo. Didn't know nothing about the team. I have no idea who play. I don't know much about the, the history. I'm still learning. You know, finally got to know about Barry Sanders now, you know. Okay. Um, but I remember picking them and my wife telling me, get ready to suffer. You're going to suffer a lot. <laughs> it's going to hurt and you're going to have some miserable seasons. And I was like, no, it can't be that bad. Yes, it's that, it's bad. that bad. It's that it's, bad. That's so funny. You probably picked the worst team in football. That's it, so funny. Probably, probably. But, you know, I stick with them. And this year was pretty damn nice. That last game against Green Bay was sweet. Oh, that's true. That was sweet. Um, we didn't make it, but it was sweet to, to go in their turf and, and kick their ass like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually made a bat with, with, uh, with Gloria's brother, my wife's brother, and – if I lose, if if if, if I would have lost, I had to paint my fingernails green and yellow. <laughs> that I had to been... go on tour. With, I had to go on tour with that. Oh my and, god! And, he, and if he lose, he paints his silver and blue. Um, well, he you know he lost, so he's doing these nails right now. Oh, that's really um, funny. And I, I I joke. I say, yeah, I I have the excuse. I can say this is for Brazil. <laughs> green Bay, Green Bay, and Brazil have the same colors. You know. Uh, yes, but yeah, yes. we did. We did make the bat, and I thought for sure I was gonna lose the bat. Um, just, just didn't happen. But yeah, no, I love, I love, you know, being Brazilian. Of course, I grew up with with soccer, and I still love soccer. I watch the whole World Cup and everything. But I, I became more Americanized through the years, and I fell in love with football. Man, it's fucking amazing. Okay. Okay. I remember when I didn't like it. When I first moved here, I watched a game. I was like, this sucks. There's a commercial every five seconds. <laughs> the thing stops every 20 seconds. That's so There's funny. a Budweiser commercial. What the fuck? I, you know, I don't like this. And then and then at one point, I watched one playoff game. It was Cardinals and Green Bay. We went to the stadium. That was the my, my football moment. Like the football gods came, you know? I was like baptized, you know, the fucking atmosphere on the stadium, the place erupted when the Cardinals score a touchdown. It's like, whoa. I found this, this interesting. Is, this is awesome. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I love this now. I love football now. It's so funny. <laughs> Even my Brazilian friends like, wait, do you like American football now? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's fucking great. <laughs> Right, they're like, okay, it's not football. You barely use your foot. It's so funny. I n- did not expect to be talking football with uh with with you, Max, today, and I love it. I really do. Cool, yeah. Because it's that's, it's that's it's a, connecting yeah, at another level. It's not always talking about the same thing, but it gives me it gives me thoughts what I want to talk to you about today. Because well, you got to travel. You say you get to meet different people by doing tours. Uh, I kind of, in my own way, do that by doing this podcast. I involve listeners from all over the world and. Uh, finding out about their cultures. So it's interesting to hear from yeah. a Brazilian where it's on my bucket list to go to a concert in Brazil because I look at those fans out there and the yeah. passion out there. You don't get that in America. So uh, 
that I, I guess find interesting. But before I, yeah, I mean, I yeah. mean, your 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 job is to me from the outside. It looks like real fun. I mean, you get to talk to a lot of your heroes and sure, and then you get to pick their brain and uh, even 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 if it's just like a a casual conversation like a, like you're, you're sitting in a bar that's even cooler i think right that's the, what we're doing right now I, I think right right they we don't drink what we're at the bar we don't drink we're having right, our, yeah. our lemon and, got, and seltzer got, got coffee but yeah i, I got mean, my water and my uh, ninja turtles uh, thermos there you go. <laughs> no man you should go you should go because yeah the festivals in brazil are insane um we never knew that until the first rock in Rio in 1986, that, that when Ozzy came down there and he was like, you know, like a fucking pirate, <laughs> you know, and and Iron Maiden and Scorpions. And we realized without knowing that Brazil is a heavy metal country. Yeah. We, we had no idea. Nobody in Brazil had a clue that this country loved heavy metal huh. until we had, we had the Rock in Rio, which is a seven day festival with pop music, with jazz. The heavy metal day was by far the sold out day of the week. Mm. And I remember in the press, people saying Brazil is officially a heavy metal country. Um, and of course, then I, I started Sepultura and became the most famous Brazilian heavy metal band outside Brazil, you know? Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know a lot of people view me as like that in Brazil. I'm very uh, respected for for what I did for the country, you know. And uh, it's 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 a cool uh, relationship that I have. But the festivals are amazing. There there are massive massive crowds. And if you have a chance, I highly recommend you go and and explore the country. It's a cool it's a cool country to see too. It's very very. Uh, very tropical a lot of cool stuff to do um it's a big ass country you know like sure. from from top to the from the south to the north i think it's there's a lot of land a lot of land flying wise i think it's seven eight hours from the south to the north of brazil okay but uh yeah it's a it's a killer country to visit people are very friendly a lot of people that go to Brazil, they, they say the same. I love the people. The people are the best. You know, very Brazilians are very friendly, uh, very warm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like uh, very party people too. <laughs> like, we like to party in Brazil. <laughs> you go there, you're going to party. Yeah, uh, the celebrations, you know, when the team wins, you know, the, the, the real, uh, the, the football team wins. I don't want to say the soccer team. I want to be respectful because it's, it's football, right. football, football there. But that kind of parlays <laughs> into uh, another question that I have because my travels may have to be on hold because I'm going to be a first time dad in April. But you. Congratulations. Thank you. But you're currently touring with your son because he's the drummer. So I would love to. Right. Did you ever foresee that? Like, I'm wondering, A, just brief parent advice. Like, am I ever going to sleep, like, again? And also, just how did that, did you ever envision when he was just a, you know, a little boy that you would be almost in business together? I don't know if you would describe it as that, but he's he's the drummer of Soulfly. And to go on tour yeah, with so him, like, like when because you were, you weren't, I don't know how, did you take him on tour with you when he was a kid? Like, was he always part of the tour life? We did. Okay. We did. 
we did was it was a kind of a thing that me and my wife i traveled with her all the time because she was she was supporter's manager um mm-hmm. first and then we fell in love and we got married and uh I moved here. I moved from Brazil to to Arizona. Started a new life here, and that's that's when Zion, my first kid, was born, the one that plays drums, you know. And his heartbeat opens KOZD, the, the Sepultura record, you know. And I was in the in the doctor's office with a fucking DAC machine, <laughs> headphones, doctors like trying to kick me out, you know. I was like, "Lady, I have to record this. You don't understand. This is going in a very important record." You know, I mean, I I didn't know. KSD was going to be that important, but to me, it was important record, you know? That's so funny. Um, and metal. So, 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 yeah, so I recorded, you know, I recorded his heartbeat. His heartbeat opens the record. It's forever immortalized there, you know? Um, and then we did. We did took them on all the tours because we didn't, when we were very young, we we didn't want to, like, them not to know us, you know? And spending nine months of the year on tour, Right. if you don't see your kid for nine months... When you come home, your kid not gonna know who the fuck you are. You'd be like, "Who is this?" You know, I, I didn't want that. So we took them on tour with us, and, uh, and it was funny because we, I remember the early stuff was like a lot of Oz fests and a lot, a lot of the you'll be you'll be the, the two two of them, Zion and Igor, and the both of them will be sleeping in guitar cases, and we'd be watching Ozzy in the background, you know, doing doing the Ozzy thing, and. Uh, playing and they're they're sleeping on their guitar cases man that was fucking awesome it was cool it was like this is so rock and roll you know yeah this is so rock and roll it's so cool um but yeah they were they were born on the road and a couple times where it was kind of fucked up um they got a little bigger and one time i think we were in france and the bus was surrounded by fans it was there was like hundreds of them and my son comes out of the window and starts flipping off all the fans. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you can't do that, man. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. All right. They they are they support me. They they you know uh they pay for your fucking diapers and your drinks <laughs> and your PlayStation, you know. Stop flipping them off. <laughs> uh it was it was just a lot of a lot of uh a lot of funny moments like that. And they they got to meet a lot of famous guys they meet like Tonayomi and that's cool and the Metallica guys and uh Rob Halford Iron Maiden you know so it's it's cool that we brought them up and then of course I always in the back of my mind I hope one day I, they become a they become good musicians and b they I get to jam with them you know uh and that those two things came to life which was amazing you know so I'm like the that that one proud dad that that got you actually his the, the dream did come true yeah. you know um which is crazy because for a little bit they were really into hip-hop and stuff and i was like yep that that goes my window <laughs> they're gonna become hip-hop thugs motherfuckers and that's it <laughs> and I, they're not gonna want nothing to do with metal and it's over you know god damn it but that was a, it was a, just a brief moment, and they grow out of it, and they start listening to metal. Zion is a more conservative, very into old-school metal. It's all about Sabbath and Zeppelin. Those are his two favorite bands. Okay. And, uh, you know, 
But what he about some... what about today though? Like the Zion, like who's the like is he does he feel like he's a veteran of the road since he's been on the road since he was he was born? Like do you ever is it a father son thing or is it maybe a, a singer well, or drummer thing there? Is there yeah, a yeah, balance? Yeah. Yeah, he connects now with 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 other musicians, which is cool. I like to see that. You know, like in in, in Australia, he was totally connecting with with uh, Mario from Gojira and Abe from the Deftones, and they're taking pictures together. And uh, you know, he's in awe of those guys, right? Uh, th- those are those are great. In his mind, those are really, like amazing drummers that he listened to them for a long time and. He has a chance to to play with them now in those big festivals, you know. Um, so that was cool. He was it, 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 it's cool. He takes that super serious. He's like, they're watching us. I can't fuck up. That's and cool. I try to be like, I try to be like, hey Zion, those, don't worry about it, man. It's all good, you know. I've been doing this for a long time, and I have a lot of other people watching me, and I did fuck up. <laughs> so well, if, that, you, if you sweet. if you fuck up, you know, it's like don't worry about it. But he's super serious, you know, super into it you but know? that's so good to cool. hear from a, a dad being like if you make a mistake it's okay you know you're not oh, yeah you're yeah, not yeah. hard on them and i don't mean to cut you off i just know you're you're a lot of interviews today and there's so much i want to talk to you about and i feel like again we're at we're just two dudes at a bar i forget that i have a time limit <laughs> i'm like i can sit and talk to you for hours uh but speaking of brazil though to go back to it i have i'm very lucky that it's one thing if, if, like, for you, music is the universal language. I obviously only, well, not obviously, but I only speak English, and that's also debatable of how well I speak it. But I have listeners all over the world and a lot in Brazil. So this is from uh, Rafael Tavares. And if you notice the name of this podcast, Appetite for Distortion, you may have noticed the Guns N' Roses posters behind me. Uh, Duff is great. I got, a, I got a chance to meet Duff two times. Okay. Uh, and he, he's super cool, man. Right on. Super cool. So, yeah, so, very cool guy. That's because I use a what's called a six degrees of GNR bacon or what I call it. So that's good that you have that connection right there. But I didn't know this because Raphael told me uh, that back in the day, your brother Igor was invited to audition to play drums. So what did you think of that? I guess of that at the time. When when was that? To play drums for Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's news to me. Uh, okay. He he's been asked to to do some. He's been asked to do some some main stuff. I know that that Slipknot at one point uh, consider asking him. Mike Patton is a big friend of his too, and Mike almost got him into one of his projects that he do. But um, I never knew that. I, I thought it would it would be cool. You know, I I think Igor is a great drummer. Um, he can play anything. He would definitely be able to play oh. the, the the rock stuff, you know. Um, growing up, listening to all different stuff. Um, I I always, unlike some of the some of the guys from my era, I really always love and appreciate uh, what Guns N' Roses brought to the table because I kind of thought like the glam metal thing was happening. But they were not that. They were something else. You know, they were like, like real rock and roll. And they gave rock and roll a kick in the ass when it needed. That's the way I see it. You know, I think the I think the record was great. The videos were great. Um, the attitude was great, you know. And uh, 
and when I got the chance to meet Duff, you know, um, it, it really in, impressed me that his knowledge also of, of a lot of the punk stuff. He knew a lot about sure. the punk scene and all that. You know, that was like really cool. Where did you um, meet him? Where did you meet Duff? It was a, it was a festival. It was a festival in Belgium. Okay. Um, That's yeah. Cool. One time. One time. And what we we also play rock and Rio um, in uh, in Brazil, and that was in ninety. 93 I was gonna say 93 I think it was uh it was a killer rock and Rio it had it had Sepultura Fate No More um Judas Priest Megadeth and Guns N' Roses were the headliner yeah <laughs> and we're all in the same hotel we're all staying in the same hotel oh wow That's uh, which was which was zoo it was a zoo, <laughs> zoo. you know perfect. <laughs> perfect way to describe uh, it but, but yeah that was really cool um and I remember also, is it Matt, the drummer Matt Sorum, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he he was hanging out. Um, there was a there was a party that we all went uh, for Rock and Rio, and this is this is gonna sound super absurd, but it did happen. We couldn't get in on the party, and we were on the line to enter the club, and they closed the club, and behind it was so it was me, my wife. Matt Sorum is right next to me. Behind me is Billy Idol. <laughs> and none of us were getting in. You guys, not even motherfuckers are coming in. Not even in. Billy Idol? Come on. <laughs> not even Billy. Not even Billy, man. Everybody was like, the bouncer was like, it's closed. Everybody, get the fuck home. You know, it's like, he was like, what? Are you serious? This is insane, man. Um, but yeah, so that was one of, that was a fun uh, memory of that night of that of, of that rock and reel it was a night off you know we didn't have a show okay. that night i like that uh, so we just just kind of went out and there was a, something going on in this club and but we couldn't get in but um yeah i and i i play another festival in uh germany or holland where they were also on the bill but they were real late i don't know what happened and Guns N' Roses think, are late. That, I mean, it's not any, not recently, but that was kind like, of their mo back in the day. They were real late, and the promoter kept asking us to keep playing. <laughs> um, so we start adding songs, and I ran out of songs. <laughs> and I told the guy, "We're done, brother. You know, like, this this is it. <laughs> yeah, I think we reached the two hour, you know, period. It was like that's funny. I don't have." And I told the promoter, I don't have more songs and stars. I tapped out. I start, I start repeating them, man. You know. <laughs> uh, oh, that's shit. funny. And uh, and uh, yeah. So, and then I think after that there was another two hours before they play. Um, but still, they went on. It was a great show. You right know, on. I watch a little bit from the side of the stage, and uh, um, yeah, I, I I always really thought. They're just real good songs, you know, just like real good, real rock and roll songs. Um, and I, and I, I, I never understand the, the glam thing, but I like some of the stuff, you know, I like, uh, I like Poison, you know, the music, you know, um, Rat, Poison, I think those killer songs, sure. you know. Um, we, we, we can appreciate more. Back then it was a bit rebellious, it was everywhere, MTV, that's all they play. So it was natural for us to be like, you know, cue all the posers and all this shit. You <laughs> yeah, know, I get that. Yeah, uh, uh, but uh, I, 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 the the older uh, you get, you appreciate the 
the art form, you know, and I think like, I think Appetite for Destruction, one of the most badass records ever made. Right on, right on. I know we're up against it. Do you have another interview after this? Because I want to ask at least one more question. Do you have another one? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're good for one more, yeah. Okay, cool. Because you, I, they kind of circle back to the beginning because you had, had mentioned it. Because uh, I'm hoping to have my first time seeing Pantera. If you, I don't know how you would explain that. I, I don't know if I could afford it to go and see Metallica and, and Pantera. And you mentioned your, your friend Dimebag. How would you, I guess, how do you feel about, I don't, I don't, I think the word reunion, sometimes people ha- like attach themselves to that. Is it a celebration of music? How do you view that? Because as somebody who's never gotten a chance to see Dime or Pantera, I want to hear the songs live, and this is my only opportunity. Right, right. Yeah, you should go. Um, I think it's, 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 it's cool that they're doing that. I do something very similar with my brother where we go out and we play um, – you know, a lot of Sepultura albums there, the fans really love it. And they never got a chance to see it for one reason or the other, you know. Uh, and they get to see it with the real drums and the real vocals and the real guitar. Right. Um, so it's the closest you get to the real thing. And Pantera is the same thing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with all of those guys and... Uh, I've been friends with with Phil for for many years, and I actually thank him for letting him borrow his guitar player. Uh, Mike DeLeon is jamming with us, and he plays with Illegals with Phil and Selmo for you know many many years. Um, so I thank Phil for letting me borrow his guitar player. Um, yeah, I think I think it's cool, especially the. The generation that never got to see it i was there i got to see it from the side of the stage every night it was great uh you know i don't know how we none of us end up in a hospital from poison from alcohol poisoning after the first tour i think the first sepultura pantera uh i think it was biohazard oh yeah and that was fucking uh <laughs> Every night, I, I remember one of their crew guys. I look at him and I say, "You're not a crew guy. You're a bartender." <laughs> that's, that's what I, I said to him because there was the guitars in a bar right next to the guitar stand. Occasionally, he'll give Dime a guitar, but most of the times he was mixing drinks. <laughs> it was like it was an insane. Uh, thing just to be part of it man and it was cool and then uh, and then I did one with Soulfly um, Soulfly Pantera Morbid Angel uh, that was also just really really amazing so I got I got to see that I got to be part of it but I, I'm thinking about people that never got to see it, never got to experience that for sure you go see it it's it's really um, uh, it's not the original thing but is as close as you can get from the original thing, you know, and it's, yeah. it's fucking, it's fucking cool. I mean, the music's so powerful, it's so good, it's so cool that you know, it's, um, you, it, it will get through the people, you know, and I feel that when I do those those things with my brother, when we play those old songs, it connects to the whole audience, um, and uh, and it's like. Uh, it's a huge tribute, you know, 
Um, yeah, it's it sucks that Dimebag and Davini are no longer here. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's uh, if especially if you're a young kid and never you grow up loving Pantera and never got to see it. For sure, go see him. It's cool. Like, just be part of it. It's, it's a it's a unique experience. Right on. And also, people, I should not let it go by the wayside. I need to see Soulfly in concert, and you're about to embark. So I'll wrap up here, and you're kicking off some dates locally for you in Arizona. Uh, it all starts uh, what the 25th at, right. the, at the Rock. And I I I I will say I made my first trip to Arizona. Um, I think it was last summer, the year before. I love it. I love it. There's no such thing as cold out there, or at least when I went. I know it's the the world is changing, but very 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 uh, nice out there. Yeah, it's it's hot as fuck in the summer here. You know, almost unbearable. But the rest of the year is good. Like right now, it's a little chilly. I'll say this: uh, I actually met up with uh, former Guns N' Roses manager Alan Niven. He lives in Prescott, and okay. I had no idea how sensitive my stomach was. We're taking the scenic route to get to him. Needless to say, I met him by having a road uh, car sickness in front of him. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll wow. leave it at that. It was not... okay. So now, Dramamine. <laughs> whenever I'm driving in Arizona, I need to have Dramamine and take that. That's, uh, yeah. that's, no, that's how cool I am. Arizona is really unique. I fell in love with the desert, and it's a bit like, you know, um, I remember watching like. Uh, the Doors movie and seeing uh. scenes of of the desert and all that, how Jim Morrison connected with the desert, and I understand why it's it's there's some magic here, man. There's some right on. there is some really. I do a lot of stuff also with the Navajos, man. I go there and play for the Navajo reservation. Oh, we have sweet. many fans, a lot of fans. We know the president, and uh, the, they go fucking nuts, man. The the Navajo, the 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 Raz, as they call, uh, they go, they love fucking Soulfly, man. When we play there, it's fucking balls to the wall, circle pits and sage diving, and they just wow. go totally nuts. It's awesome. And I love that I got you, I get you also experience the, the culture of it, you know, the, the culture yes. side of, the, of, of Arizona and the Navajos and all that. It's really cool. All part of what going back to earlier with touring and meeting other people and different cultures. And I just loved, you know, thank you for doing this for so many years and uh, giving the fans what they want. And I mean, go to soulfly.com. The list is ridiculous. Yes. You know, you're not going to have any <laughs> any rooms to breathe, but it sounds like that's kind of what you want. You know, so it's what, I, we, it, it's what we do. We roll dogs. Right on. And uh, so, Max, thank you so much. And best of luck to your Lions. I'm really rooting for you guys. You got to, right. you, you need something. I have no problem with the Is Lions. It? So, uh, good, oh, luck. Cool. good luck to you cool. guys. I'm going, I'm going, like I said, I'm going for my grandkid. I'm going for the Giants now. That Everybody, the Lions is out. So, Cardinals is out. Uh, Cardinals had a miserable season. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm going. Okay. Go Giants. Go New York. Right Let's on. Let's go. Right on. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> All right, my man. I appreciate Good your time. Good to talk to you, man. You got it. That was a fun one. Did not expect to talk to Max Cavalera of Soulfly about the Detroit Lions and Barry Sanders. <laughs> I love it, but I feel like that's something you're only going to get on this podcast. 
Yeah, like people like Max or the episode before with Mike Portnoy, they are there for a reason to promote something, a tour, a new album. But the, the interviews can get stale. You know, Max had interviews before and after me. Same thing with Mike Portnoy. So if I get sidetracked, because I saw some comments recently, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I was talking too much about Rush with Mike at the beginning. But what I find, like talking about the NFL with, with Max, it opens up the, the guest. It makes it a more unique and personable experience. And you know what? It helps me, to be honest with you. It helps us engage people in the small little window that I have to interview them. You know, that's why I will talk about myself so they get to know me a little bit, that I'm not just a just another person with a microphone to interview them. So uh, I wanted to get that out there because <laughs> it was a, a comment that stuck out to me from the previous interview with Mike Portnoy, which did really well. Uh, ironically, if you listen to, to that episode, we spoke about clickbait with talking about the Matt Sorum thing from 10 years ago, and it becomes clickbait again today which kind of pissed off mike portnoy not my fault blame blabbermouth he, he he knows that i mean what am i gonna do who, who would have thought i'm gonna bring up something from 10 years ago that was a nothing burger and if it, i mean it's good for me with exposure and, and getting my uh, appetite for distortion brand out there but i don't like to do it at, when, when it bums my guest out so i try to always ask them um not the most personal questions or questions like they're not, they may not want to answer. Like I didn't know how much Max would have wanted to talk about Dimebag or anything uh, from his you know, previous life or bands, but he was very open. So I could tell that right away just through talking about football. So that's, that's something I wanted to mention. Uh, and I also want to mention before I forget it. So uh, Raf, our, our listener Raf Tavares from Brazil I don't know, man. We're going to have to dig more research. He, he wrote, back in the day, his brother Igor was invited to an audition to play drums in GNR. Uh, it was in the, in the late 90s or something. Uh, Igor already said it wouldn't have been a good match, but he would like to know uh, what his brother thought about it. And apparently Max didn't even know about it. So, interesting. It would be interesting. I mean, why would he... Raf, you must have heard that somewhere. So it's interesting that Max didn't hear about it at all. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. What is the con? Well, always follow on social media. That's how the conversation continues in between the broadcasts. That's how you can find out about the next guests. Uh, to ask, for me to ask your questions, just like it did with, with Raf, even though we didn't get an answer. But a good conversation out of it. So our next guest is going to be David Peisner, uh, who wrote the Rolling Stone article about... Rick Dunsford and the locker room leaks, uh, the uh, the search for the lost GNR masterpiece, I believe was the title of it. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to see if anything was left on the cutting room floor, what he can and can't say about that article and all the Guns N' Roses leaks that were out there. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. Also, the founder of the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, which is just tremendous. The who's who of every rock star has been a part of this, including... You know, Slash and everybody. Uh, so it's going to be David Bischoff. That's coming up. And also Sean Bevan, one of the one of the producers for Chinese Democracy, is going to return to the podcast. Other than that, <laughs> not sure. Again, follow on social media. That's how you can get involved and possibly even be a co-host, one of my co-hosts. Also, don't forget to follow our brand new spinoff podcast, Appetite for Horror, 
which is all I also have social media for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Appetite the number four horror on Twitter and Instagram, and Appetite four F O R horror on on Facebook. Already have six episodes up there. And I just got an email. It reminds me, as soon as I'm done with the, recording this episode, I'm going to go email uh, Clint Howard back. You know Clint Howard. Ron Howard's brother, the one that's kind of unique looking, that you've seen him. He's been in a million movies. Oh, man, I hope I get to interview him. So stay tuned for what's going to happen with Appetite for Horror as well. But that does it again for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. security, I'm going home.